HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. It's Friday. It's the Farm Report on the Heritage Radio Network with Heather Hyman. And Lorenzo Reggineri. Hi, Heather. Hey, Lorenzo. Hi out there in internet space listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're talking to the wives today. The wives are two of our favorite farmers, Craig Good and Doug Metzger. Craig raises heritage favorites, purebred Durox. Doug raises heritage turkeys. And he also, in addition, raises Berkshire pigs and our Tamworth hogs. That's right. Now, <clears throat> it's an often talked about issue, the, the division of tasks on the farm between the wives and the husbands. And we don't want to regress to antiquated ways of thinking, but there are some tasks on the farm that women simply can't carry out because they require a brutish sort of strength. And there are other tasks that, require a female touch. So today we're going to talk to our wives about how they divvy up farm work with their husbands and about their role on the farm and about what some of their favorite tasks on the farm are. Isn't that right, Heather? Uh, Definitely. Uh, First, we're going to speak with um, Craig Good's wife, Amy. Amy, um, she'll be on with us in just a little bit, and then we'll follow up with Doug Metzger's wife, Betty. And... um, there basically are some tasks on the farm that you cannot complete because they are too physically um, demanding sometimes for, for a, a woman to do rather than, you know, have that the man on the farm. But we're going to find out if that is indeed the case. And uh, we'll have Amy on with us in just a moment. Um, so let's take a quick break and we'll get Amy on with us. Sugar never tasted so good. Sugar never tasted so good. Sugar never tasted good to me. Yeah. Until her eyes crossed over. Until her mind crossed over. Until her soul fell next to me. Now. 
has given you quite a sting Your fingers have become a crane Hey, Amy, Heather, how are you doing? Yes. How yes, are you today? Just fine, thank you. Wonderful. What's the weather like there where you are? You're in Glasgow, Kansas, correct? Oldsburg. Oldsburg, Oldsburg. Sorry about that. That's okay. We're at Oldsburg, Kansas. Glasgow's in Scotland. <laughs> yes. Also Glasgow in Kansas. Thank you, Lorenzo. <laughs> we're, we're having a cool front here, so it, it's very pleasant. Wow. I would have thought it would be hotter there today, but uh, it's only in New York that it's humid and hot. Right. <laughs> it's always cool here at HRN. That's for sure. So um, we just uh, give our listeners a brief introduction about what we're going to talk to you about today. And I think we'll start off by just asking, you know, um, a little bit about the history of your time on the land. And uh, let's go from there. Okay. Uh, Craig and I moved here to our farm where we are today um, in 1981. So we, we've been here 28 years. And we, we have always had um, hogs, purebred hogs, Durocks, and, and in earlier times we had Yorkshire hogs also. And we also have um, Angus cattle here on our farm, and we raise some crops. How do you, how do you divvy up the, the tasks of raising the, 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 the pigs with, with your husband? I mean, who, who does what? Okay. And not just the pigs, the crops, the cattle, all of that. I mean, there's definitely many steps involved in all these processes, but, yep, just to follow up with Lorenzo's question there. Okay. Well, Craig and I decided quite a few years ago that he would mostly be responsible for the livestock. I have most, my role has mostly been in helping with the record keeping. There, there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of, um, well, there are a lot of bills to pay, uh, just a lot of book work, and so that's been a major part of my role as as far as our operation goes, is is helping you know with um, that aspect. But also, if if needed, I I've helped through the years, you know, with um, the livestock as well. I also do a large part of the groundskeeping on our farm. There's a lot of mowing landscaping that type of thing and that's i have a major role in in that and we also raised two children so i had had a um, a major part in that of course and and helping get them to all of their activities which is not that easy when you live you know 15 to 25 miles from everything that you do so, yeah. Well, anyway. um, well, well, we'll get back into that more in just a bit. But in terms of how you were talking about landscaping and mowing and things of that nature, what exactly, yeah. I mean, what is your landscape when you roll up to your farm? What are we looking at? Okay. Well, give us we, an, give, paint the picture for all of our listeners here on the network. All right. We um, live in the northern part of the Flint Hills of Kansas. And so it's, it's rolling hills here. And there's a lot of green pasture around us, and um, we have not a lot of trees here on our farm. However, in this part of Kansas, there, there are quite a few trees, but uh, my husband and I have planted two different windbreaks here on our farm. Windbreaks are really important in Kansas because we are really open here, and so wind is a problem, and so we have 
started two nice big windbreaks with um, mostly pine trees here on our farm, mm-hmm. and we have quite a bit of grassy area. It's it's a fescue type grass, and we try to keep most of that mowed, and so so there is a lot of mowing to do. We're we're looking at you know probably at at least an acre or plus of of mowing that we do and um, we oh we also garden and so we have you know a large vegetable garden that we take care of and i have a that's probably my main responsibility in the summertime is working with the garden and and um, harvesting the vegetables and putting up for the winter that type of thing is that fun for you do you enjoy the gardening aspect of it picking the crops and deciding what you're going to plant or does it stay pretty much the same each year it uh, we really enjoy that both of us really enjoy the garden and we look forward to trying you know the latest recommended varieties of tomatoes and things like that for our area we we also enjoy growing some of the heirloom varieties of things and yes it, it's just something that we really enjoy and and um, and like doing together if we can and and um, enjoy picking out what will go in the garden for the next season no, definitely. I want to return to this issue of the windbreaks. It's something that's come up a lot with our other farmers. Why do why do the why do the animals need protection from the wind? And does this affect the kind of muscle tissue that they develop, not having to resist the wind? The, the animals need protection from the wind. Uh, just the same way that humans need protection from the wind. Um, the the winds in Kansas are unforgiving. They're cold in the winter and hot in the summer and um, animals just like people you know need help with climate control definitely i mean we could always go back to the good old story of the wizard of oz so we know about tornadoes and uh, the winds that could really pick up nem nem in kansas there (laughs) Um, have you ever had any issues with like tornadoes or anything like that over the years on your farm we have not had anything that would definitely be called a tornado. Mm-hmm. We, we have had lots of wind damage through the years. This past particular spring has been extremely harsh for us. We Actually, we lost three of our outdoor hog sheds to wind damage, mm-hmm. and we have lost some siding on on a house here on our farm. We, um, it's something we fight all the time so it's it's one of our main challenges as far as weather is concerned yeah that's pretty serious and uh, one thing you were talking about you were mowing like a specific grass and you said it was about one acre I'm assuming that that like part of the landscape and that part of your farm is separate from where all the the pigs and the cows must graze and that must be a whole nother process in itself um, taking care of those lands correct Right, that's right, and it it kind of all it it uh, kind of flows from one thing into the other. But but that's right. We we maintain with mowing, you know, just the the farmstead itself, but not not where the animals are. Exactly. 
Um, and then in terms of uh, the garden, you were also saying that you're preparing yourself for the winter. Does that mean that you're trying to like um, take some things and preserve them or jar them since that maybe you get an extra bounty from your harvest in the this time of year and you want to stock up for the, the winter and the fall or... Yes, that's that's right. We um, we do quite a bit of freezing of uh, different vegetables. I I freeze tomatoes. I freeze um, bell peppers of all different colors. Mm. I chop chop them and freeze them, and I um, freeze green beans. And we nice. we put up um, sweet corn for the freezer, mm. and. Um, we uh, grow quite a few of our own potatoes, and we, we keep those in a basement so that they keep oh, well into the winter, and we grow our own onions. As if they were still underground, pretty much, Yeah, they are in the basement. Right. Well, that sounds nice. Do you have a passion for cooking? Oh, yes. I love to cook. <laughs> do you guys, uh, would you say that you, um, I mean, do you cook every night? How does it work? I mean... I mean, you guys must be busy. You start your days very early. Um, do you sit down to eat at a certain time every day? Pretty much, Heather. We we have always tried to have family meals, especially when our kids were home. We um, pretty much, if, if they were home in the summertime, we pretty much had three meals a day together. And, and during the school year, we tried to have at least two meals a day together. Mm. But um, And Craig and I continue that. And we... We pretty much have always tried to have our main meal at noon when possible, mm-hmm. and and so that means we, you know, we um, have you know vegetables and meat off of our farm for that meal, and and then breakfast is a little lighter meal, but we do sit down and have breakfast together. That's how we get our day started and kind of plan what we're going to do that day. Very nice. And, That's um, the best time to have a meeting, you know, with yeah. a little coffee or a little eggs and exactly. something along those lines. Exactly. And that that's how we start our day pretty much every day. And, and then our evenings sometimes are more hit and miss because in the summer we work, you know, longer hours. And, and, and well, you so have more daylight, more time to work. Right. We have a lot of daylight, so, so there's a lot of things to get done. But... Um, but that's, that's kind of how our, our day goes. And um, I know I personally have had the pleasure of meeting your daughter. Um, your other child is a son, or do you have two daughters? We have, um, our, well, our daughter is the oldest, and then we, she has a brother, our son, who's um, three years younger, and he is, um, he's employed by um, an agricultural um, equipment um, company and he, he's a design engineer and so he cool. uh, he works with redesigns of um, things on combines and swathers you know egg machinery that that um, ha- has had some problems for them he works on redesigns mm-hmm. and so, so he's an engineer yes and uh, he enjoys that very much. He's, he's, um, he graduated from college two years ago, and, and he's been with the same company since then. Nice. And has he ever done any work um, with some of the operation on your farm or, you know, like uh, the pig pens or anything like that to help make sure you guys are as efficient as possible and things of not, that nature? Not, not so much. Um, here, I mean, he, he always helped us through the years with, with lots of things, but um, I guess his his uh, passion for design kind of began during his college years when he was away from home. So, mm-hmm. 
So do uh, we have either your son or your daughter planning to take over the family business? I think that our son will want to come back here at some point and um, and keep the farm in the family. That's, uh, that's great. That's kind of the plan at this time, but uh, as, as to what um, aspect of the farm he he will be most interested in, that's that's still kind of up in the air. Definitely. Did you grow up on a farm yourself? Yes, I I grew up on a. Um, it was a dairy farm when I was a young child. We we milked um, Holstein cows and. Um, uh, that was in western Kansas, near the Colorado border, and uh, my brother is still on that family farm now. He doesn't have the dairy. We we had my family had sold the dairy as I was growing up, but uh, my brother is still on the farm and and grows a lot of um, crops like corn and pinto beans and wheat and those kinds of things. So he's mostly a crop farmer. Did you have every intention when you were growing up of becoming a farmer, or did it did it did this sort Not of passion really. and decision happen when you met Doug? It, I hadn't really um, thought that I would end up on the farm, even though I I didn't you know think that I didn't. Um, it wasn't that I didn't want to be on the farm. I just didn't know if that would be a reality for me. But uh, but yes, when I met Craig and he was interested in agriculture and and animal science, um, I I knew then that we probably would be on the farm, and and uh, I wouldn't change anything about that. Um, now, is there one task or something that? Uh, is like the most difficult for you to complete on a weekly or daily basis? Just keeping ahead of everything, Heather. I think, I think it, that's a it, problem for all of us. Yeah, it, there's just so much to do that sometimes it's hard to decide what's the most important thing. And uh, the, I, I think we usually end up deciding the most important thing is taking care of the livestock. That's probably our number one priority outside of taking care of the people that raise them. Great too. answer. Great answer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so th- those, that's our, our main priority. And so that's, that comes first. And, and then after that, you know, just trying to keep up with, you know, keeping, keeping our farm so that it will be something that we can be proud of and, and pass down in our family and, and, uh, be productive that's those are kind of our goals and challenges um and you know we mentioned uh, that your crops and your livestock it doesn't seem like except for where your brother is currently which isn't that close to you that there's no real dairy or or eggs or um, poultry really happening on your farm do you have neighboring farmers that you do any kind of trading with to get eggs from a farm nearby or where do you um, supplement the rest of your you know diet from if it's not from your farm right there there's a dairy a a very nice um, dairy with jersey milk cows here in our community we have neighbors who who have chickens and um, are suppliers of eggs. So, w- within our um, oh, within a five mile radius, we're we're able to pick up those type of products and uh, and supplement what we have here on our own farm. And 
we um, had made the decision when we started our farm that um, with the hogs and with chickens, there are some diseases that that go back and forth between those two species, and so we had decided to um, to not have poultry here on our farm. Yes, I know. Um, when we've spoken to Craig, he's a uh, very um, he takes like you know extreme measures and precautions to make sure that nothing is uh, no one's walking on his farm you know without putting on the right gear so that there's no contamination and right. you know that you're not going to any um, pig shows or anything like that um, where you can pick up something from just being you know around other animals that aren't from your right. own farm which is very important for food safety purposes. Right. We we try to avoid things that would be a health hindrance um, to the animals. Definitely. Um, well, let's see. Um, did uh, Lorenzo, did you have one more point that you wanted to make to Amy or one more question that we had for her today? Um, did you say you have one daughter? Yes, our, do you our see daughter. Her, is she, do you think she's going to take over some sort of role on the farm or what intentions does she have for her future? I, our daughter is living in Madrid, Spain, and she is, she's in education. She um, she has actually a master's degree in university administration and works for St. Louis University's branch campus in Madrid. And um, at this time, I don't think she will probably come back to the farm. However, that's not totally out of the realm of possibility. But, uh, but at this time, probably not. Yeah. Well, maybe while she's in Spain, she'll eat a lot of really good cured Spanish pork. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm sure she has. Yes, absolutely. So, and, and that's that's an interesting um, it's an interesting place to visit. And pork pork is a is a really popular food in that country. Have you ever had a chance to go visit her, or do you plan to in the future? We've actually been a couple of times, and we we did one trip when we kind of. Um, went to the southern part of Spain and we and we did a trip this spring where we went to the north and and actually had a chance to do a farm visit there and some wow. other things so I had a great time so when you guys are gone from the farm do you have a staff that takes over the tasks or what what's going on in the farm when you guys are gone right we have one other young couple that lives here on our farm with us, and he's, he's been, this young man's been with us for three years, and so he's able to step in and, and for short periods of time, take care of it pretty much by himself. And, and so we do have help, and then also we hire some part-time help from time to time. This summer we have a local high school boy that comes in um, several days a week and and helps um, with some of the things that we do so so yes we were able to get away once in a while you know with with some excellent help from some young people that well, are here in the community I mean that's something that we think is most important is to continue you know this younger generation and keeping their interest in the farmland and you know what our country was built on which is you know our soil and agriculture and you know keeping ourselves sustained on our own land so yes. that's great well, I think, Amy, that that's pretty much it for us Thanks, today. Amy. We're really um, glad that you were able to take the time to come and uh, be a part of our program this week. And sure. uh, we look forward to, you know, having you on again. Maybe we could talk to you in the future about preserving and uh, what we could do to save the, the harvest from this part of the year for the, the, the winter months. All right. I'd love to talk to you about that. 
Thanks, Heather. Thanks, Amy. Um, We're going to thank Hearst Ranch, our sponsors of today's show, and we'll be back in just a moment with Betty Metzger. Take care. One, two, one, two, three. I'm going to leave my heart and change my Hey, Betty, you with us? Hey, Betty, you with us? Yes. Welcome back to the Heritage uh, Radio Network's Farm Report. Betty, you're talking with Heather and Lorenzo here today. Yes. How's everything going? Oh, just fine. It's a nice day here. It's a nice day where you are. Uh Uh-huh. Awesome. I hear you're having a little bit of a cool fun in Kansas. We just got off the phone with one of our farmers in Oldsburg, which isn't too far from you, right? It's it's nice and cooler. It's cooler than it has been, and the sun's shining. It isn't raining. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Yeah. I know. There's been a it's rain headed our way. Uh huh. So we've been talking a little bit about how farm couples divide up their tasks. Okay. And about sort of how a woman can provide support to uh, uh, a wife can provide support to a farmer in various ways, whereas a farmer might take on some of the more difficult physical tasks. So how do you and your husband divide up the labor on the farm? Well, I support him in everything he does, and, and um, I take care of the turkeys. That's my job. He gets everything ready, the, the equipment and everything ready, and I get the baby turkeys, and from there it's my job wow. to uh, feed them and, and see that everything's going every day and, and take, just take care of them. What is this equipment you speak of? I mean, that uh, you you just distilled that into so few words that a turkey project in itself can't possibly be that easy. Well, it, it's fun. I think it's fun. <laughs> it's a lot of work, and uh, I just like to go there every day and take care of them. So you're going out to a coop of some sort, or well, are they... we have them in it. We start them in a building, what we call our turkey house. That's where the brooders are. And we start them in little rings, a cardboard ring around them, and start about 300 to a ring under a brooder. And what month does that start in about? Well, we started in April already, and, and we all have some that's three weeks old, too. So we have all kinds of different range of ages. Wow. And how many breeds are you raising? 
Uh, probably between forty-five hundred and five thousand this year. Forty-five hundred and five thousand turkeys. Uh-huh. Yes. And yeah. is that all the same breed? Uh, no, there's uh, bronze and Narragansett, and we have a few White Hollands and Black Spanish, and just a few Bourbon Reds. What's your favorite? I like the bronze and Narragansetts the best. Why? What's what? What are their well, flavor just, profiles? Uh, they just grow bigger and uh, they're hardy. <laughs> um, and I mean, is there something about the way that they are? You know, they act on their farm or their mannerisms that make it easier for you to deal with them as the person who's taking care of the turkeys, aside from well, the finished product, which is on your dinner table? <laughs> uh, they they all taste good. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but the bronze and Narragansetts, they they don't seem to be as scared. They don't like anything flying over the top of them, oh. like an airplane or an owl, and I have trouble with that. Oh, owls. Yeah, that's yeah. been a problem for many of our farmers with oh, their chickens. Yes. And yes, it's terrible. That's <laughs> one of the worst predators for you guys oh, in your yeah. poultry. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, what so like what is a, a day in the life for you like? I mean, what when do you start? What time do you wake up? I mean, what what happens first? Give me a little bit about your schedule. First, we get up and I go out to work. My husband gets on the phone, does his work, and he gets breakfast. <laughs> While I'm out taking care of my turkeys, <laughs> he gets breakfast. He doesn't make it for you. Come on. And I <laughs> he married me because I he said I was a good cook, but he does the breakfast. <laughs> oh, very nice. That's wonderful. And then I come back in the house here, and then he tells me where I have to. I'm the gopher girl. I have to go for whatever I need to, you know, how that is, and um, <laughs> and whatever else I'm supposed to do that day. Yes, so, uh, and what does that range from? I mean, is that like picking up feed? Is that going just to, um, you know, get new supplies? Going to get, going to get supplies, get parts, get uh, whatever you need, and, and uh, run after whatever. <laughs> so you're pretty pretty familiar with, you know, the, the all the production aspects of how we bring these turkeys from, you know, their hatching time yes. to the table. Uh-huh. Yes. We, we also hatched some of our own. Our daughter took care of our, our um, breeder flock we had this year, and she hatched turkeys for us. And that's fun. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, yeah. there must be a reason why such a small minority of, of farms are run by a single person. It's why, what's the reason? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you. I mean, it seems like virtually every farmer we've interviewed is married. Uh-huh. We, we, haven't, we haven't encountered a single oh. single farmer. I mean, do you think that farming by nature is a, is a practice that has to be carried on by couples? Well, I think it is. I think it takes two of you to work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you know of any single women that are farming their own land, that have their own animals, their own pigs? No, not around here, I don't. No. Do you know of any single men? Uh, no. <laughs> so all the farmers you know are couples? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Whether or not they're married, I mean, yeah, they I could mean, just they be partners. Together, and... Yeah, it can be partners, be working together. Yeah. I think it just takes two it just takes two, people. baby. You want me to sing to you? <laughs> I can't. You don't want me yeah. to. No. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you must think for sure that having a love for the animal is necessary, um, you know, to raise them successfully. Yeah, you have to. You have to love them. You have to. You have to care for them and worry about them <laughs> like I'm, you do your own kids. <laughs> oh, definitely. And do you? Ha- you do you? Do you said you have children. Yes. We do have a son. He's single. Now, he works with us here. He does all the feed mixing and, and uh, feeds the cattle and stuff, and he's totally deaf, and he's always wanted to be here on the farm. 
and he's 50, 50 years old already. Wow. So, uh, you have a 50-year-old son? Yes. Uh-huh. You sound so young. Oh, <laughs> we're going to be, Doug and I will be 71 next, next month. Wow, well, you yeah. started young. Yeah, uh-huh. we did. We got right out of school and wanted to get married, but we had to wait till the harvesting was done that fall before we get married. <laughs> so you guys were already together and farming before you even came together as a couple and, and were married. Yeah. Yeah, we, we knew all about farm. We grew up on farms. And How long farming. have you and uh, Doug known each other for? Oh, for years. Since uh, junior high school, right? Yeah, <laughs> before even. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so yeah we'll, be, we'll be married 53 years here in September. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, rounds of applause for that. <laughs> What's harder, taking care of the turkeys or taking care of Doug? Uh, take care, Doug. <laughs> Does he have trouble with objects flying overhead as well? Oh, not really, unless I'm throwing something at him. <laughs> that was what I was going to ask next. <laughs> what are those flying objects? Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he's he's okay to get along with. Yeah, he just has a lot of ideas and a lot of things he likes to do, and I just try to support him in everything he does. And yeah, well, it seems like many of uh, the ideas that both of you have have come to uh, fruition at the uh-huh. fact that you're raising 5,000 birds in yeah. just one season. Yeah. That's a huge <laughs> task. And how how many how big is your farm? Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know. 2,500 acres, probably. Wow. Yeah. Uh, some of that's pasture land and, and not all farmable. But right, but anyhow. it gets uh, rotated around throughout yeah, the year, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. We run cattle on the pastures and so cow-calf herds. Yeah. Say I was say I was part of a young farming couple and I wanted to get myself a piece of land like yours in your area. I mean, how much would that run me? I heard some around here last, last week sold for 3000 and that's terrific for around here. $3,000 for 2,500 acres of land? $3,000 an acre. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> and it, it, that's the highest I've ever heard it around here. But so it was that's, all... Well, that comes out to a few million for your... Yeah, for, it's, uh, it's all tillable, nice uh, land, and it sold for 3000 I couldn't believe it. Yeah. $3,500 for one acre. Yeah, yeah, 3000 for one acre. Wow. So if you ever needed to make some money real quick, you could just sell your land. I guess, but I don't know if you'll ever do that. <laughs> I hope you don't, uh, for the sake of agriculture and the future yeah. of farming in general. Yes, so you guys are rich in land. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it all costs money to keep it up and keep going. Definitely. Well, that's a big asset. That's a lot of land, and it seems like you're able to have a, a lot of diversity there as well. How did you guys get your hands on this much land? Well, his dad came, uh, his mother lived here on the, what we call the home farm. That's where she was born and raised. And then his dad came from Iowa and got married and lived there. And then uh, we got married and just live a half a mile from that. Wow. And did you and, buy the land? or? Yeah, what? We, we keep buying it. We bought land around. around but you paid year. way less than 3000 Oh, yeah. Acre. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so the housing, the housing uh, situation going on here in America may be a little different than the farmland situation. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Why do you think the price of farmland has gone so so through the roof? Well, because I think people are raising corn and soybeans. Yeah. And and they're getting rid of the livestock. They really are in this area. That's more and more good. they're getting rid of the livestock. And yeah. uh, you see that as a as a pending problem, right? Yes, I do. Yes. Definitely. I mean, because are these uh, people that are coming in to buy this land, are they doing it for just like mass production to be shipped away somewhere else? Or is well, they're just they're just want to do corn and rotate corn and soybeans, and and that's all they do is they don't they don't mess with the livestock, and they just sell the sell the uh, corn and soybeans. And that's more like a commodity market yeah. type of mm-hmm. uh, deal. 
Yeah. Definitely, yep. uh Would you encourage having spent all these years on the farm and having understood what a difficult life it is, would you encourage young farmers to to, to take on such a daunting task? Would oh, you I do it over again if you if you Yeah. If you, I think so. I, w- I would. I don't know about the young kids nowadays, you know, what <laughs> what they would do, but <laughs> but it's worked for us, and <clears throat> we enjoyed it. What are you going to do with your, who are you going to pass your land on to? We hope to, uh, probably to our our son um, and, our, and our daughter. Our daughter just lives up here on the home farm, or grandpa and grandma did. And our, our, we have one son in Arizona. He he helped us for years until his asthmatic lungs couldn't take it anymore. Mm. Uh, Lorenzo that. knows how that goes. Yeah. I've got asthma, too. Yeah, and then he went back to college, and now he's working. He got a master's degree, and he's working for the state of Arizona. Oh, really? Doing what? Yeah, he's an orchard and potato field inspector. That's where he starts now, and he hopes to work up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I but mean, he's he... always been interested. He's he's always run the equipment for us, and and you know just did everything they ever needed to do here on the farm. Well, you're and, lucky uh, for that that you had a son yes. to help with uh-huh. some of that work. Yeah, and Mark's always liked the the animals and the seed mixing, and since he was a little kid, he was always out there in the feed house. <laughs> Is that a, is that like a, a whole day project or is well, it? Well, like uh, mixing turkey feed. He just brought me a ton of baby turkey feed a while ago, and tomorrow he's got to mix five ton for the bigger turkeys, and <laughs> you know, and and he feeds cattle every day. Mm. So he's he's always he's always doing something with the feed feed truck or the feed wagons, or and he enjoys it. Yeah. So do you see yourself as so? I mean, you may not carry out some of the daily physical tasks, but I mean, in order for those physical tasks to be carried out by the by the by your husband, he needs a companion there. So I mean, the non-physical presence of the of the wife is just as important as the physical tasks that get carried out, carried out by the husband, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, it is. You got to be there and and do whatever you need to do and help him. And I mean, he he does the hard hard work, but. It, you know whatever needs to be fixed and all that kind of stuff and and the business part of it so uh you both need to work together uh-huh well well you guys are definitely doing a good job out there yeah, well we're trying <laughs> so uh what happens next with these turkeys well the older ones are going to go out to range here in a week or two and that's about a 10 acre field mm-hmm. with uh, forage sorghum planted around the outside and a uh, and a fence to keep the predators out but they yeah. get the they get the free range out there on the hill, and they have shacks out there to shelters to go in and sleep on at night. Have you guys in the past, or I mean, has there ever been any issues with uh, the, the, the 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 flocks or the turkeys? And yeah, we have foxes. Our our um, uh, son-in-law sets fox traps. The foxes don't bother us as much, and the coyotes are getting to be more. So he might have to set coyote traps this year. Aye, aye. Yeah, and um, that. Right. The, the coyotes have gotten thinner, but now they're getting more again, so we'll probably have trouble with coyotes this year. Do owls pose a threat to your farm? They don't bother once they get big and get out in the field. Right. And these turkeys, I mean, since they're raised naturally, they're able mm-hmm. to fly. I mean, do yes, they fly they, away? they can fly. They can fly straight up. <laughs> and they don't, though. They will if you scare them enough. Uh-oh. So you've got to be really gentle around them? I mean, what yeah, do you I mean, do? Let, no uh, loud noises, no big tractors? I mean, what do we well, do to keep them As they them get scared? older, they get used to all of this. But they mm-hmm. will fly if something comes and scares them. They will fly. 
And have you ever had a, a problem like that in the past? Yeah, we did last year when we loaded them. Uh-oh. We loaded them, and 600 of them got away. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so the next day, we swathed the, the field down so they could see to get out, the, the forage store, and we swathed that, and we walked them gently home back into the turkey house where they started as babies. Oh. And we kept them there until we hauled them to McPherson. And they were made into ground turkey and not whole turkeys. <laughs> but it was a windy day, and the, the people came from the turkey plant, and they had great big orange plastic sacks and raising them in the air, shaking them, and it scared them, and they started flying all over. Oh, and no. we told them to calm down, and they wouldn't do it. <laughs> the turkeys or the people that came with the oh, orange bags? calm down. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we uh, just waited till the next morning, and they were back under their shelters again, and we walked them home and didn't lose a one on the way home. Wow. Time. So they're we loyal. We walked them a mile home. Loyal like a good yeah. dog. Yeah. You never so, would have thought to compare a turkey to a, yeah. a good dog. Yeah. <laughs> Man's best friend, woman's best friend. Yeah. So you can you can scare them when they get old, but but when they're out on range, they can go in the weeds or they can go under the shelters to get away, you know, and and it doesn't bother them as bad as when they're younger. And just uh, I guess to wrap up, you know, um, with uh, you know you taking such good care of the turkeys, is there any other things on the farm that say uh, you that you enjoy most? I mean, do you like to just you know? lay uh yeah. sit out or walk around i mean I, I milked cows for 30 years and i had to quit because of allergies uh. i just quit last year milking the cows oh no <laughs> did this allergy like just arise or uh yes uh, but uh it was from medication i was taking Ugh. i guess it caused it yeah. and and then i i still take care of the baby calves bucket calves and feed them till they get to be about eight weeks old take care of those and every day so, all right. Well, I, I mean, do trucking and I do all kinds of stuff. Whatever he needs me to do, that's you got to do. Yeah, you're a team player. Yeah, I got to be. I need a girl like you by my side. <laughs> oh, you do. <laughs> oh dear. Well, <laughs> no comment. Yeah, <laughs> you got one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Not. Oh, well, Betty, this has been a real pleasure. We're we're so um, glad that you joined us on the network today, and uh, you know had your first debut on the Thanks, Heritage Betty. Radio Network. Yeah, well, I'm, I hope I answered some questions for you. Oh, you, <laughs> you certainly, certainly did. did, and we would okay. be happy to have you back on again and talk okay. about the Turkey Project as it gets more into uh, the fall and time uh-huh. near where Thanksgiving comes yeah. along. Yeah, well, they'll they'll be out on the range here pretty soon. The oldest ones will, and they'll be having fun. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. Okay. And thank you to Hearst Ranch. All best things, Betty. Okay. Thank you very much. All okay. right. Take All right. care. Okay. Bye now. Bye. It's the little things that do us harm I'm not a stranger Ain't a mystery When you're getting wrong I need a 